Welcome to Grape Minds, a wine-centric podcast where two wine-loving friends take a look beyond what's in the glass. We look behind it, too, through the bottom of it, too, and we tip it up, and we actually try a little bit of wine. We do that every once in a while. I'm Julie Glenn. And we also, as Julie said, taste a little bit of wine along the way. I'm Gina Birch. Um, Today we're going to continue our look at grilling. I guess we're going to wrap it up, more specifically wines for grilling. Um, We started our journey in Argentina and um, just talking about the majestic Malbecs and how they go so well with quality beef that country produces. And they're just like meant to be together, Malbec and meat. Yeah. Especially from that area. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then we also went over to Portugal where most of the grilling is fish, but they're also pretty good meat eaters over there. And their wines are very well suited for grilled meat. So we figured that that was a uh, a nice little stop along the way. Leap. And plus we're wrapping in all the traveling that we want to do that we can't do still. (laughs) That's that's mostly what it was. Although we can travel a little bit, but just we're just not going too far, it seems like. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. I know somebody who might have a little plan, but I'll we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> be sure to follow us on Facebook if you haven't done it yet, because we're going to put a little bit more stuff on there as far as like Facebook Lives when Gina goes on her adventures, and yeah. I'll try to catch up with her on Facebook and be jealous. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have some fun. Well, so with our grilling travels, we're bringing it back home today. We're back in the U.S. of A. Mm-hmm. Man's been grilling since the Stone Ages, and it feels like it's something that we've been doing here in America since way, way back in the yeah. Old West. I mean, that's kind of the cowboy thing, which is not unlike the Argentinian situation with no, the gauchos. You're right. So you're right. When Back in the day, it was something that was done out in the field when they mm-hmm. were working and they were they were too far away and they dug a pit and built a fire, yeah. had some beef. But it really didn't become a, a backyard mainstay in the U.S. until the 1950s. Uh, that's when it really became, became a big thing. And now it's so sophisticated, you just... Push a button and you got searing heat ready to go. I know it's so great yeah. propane when you don't have to wait for the charcoal. Oh Although gosh. I will say charcoal charcoal does impart a different and I think better flavor. It's just who's got time for that? You know. I agree. I no, you're right. And and part of the 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 thing then with getting a better flavor on on uh, the propane, which hey, fire is fire, it's still going to taste good. Has to do with seasoning and. Um, and that's a big deal with anything when you're trying to plan and pair food and wine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we talk about grilling, we, we, you and I have been mostly zooming in on, on meat and beef. But we do know um, that there are plant-based folks. And, and I love grilled vegetables. I was over at your house over the weekend, and, and you had some grilled vegetables. They were amazing. Yeah, I do love some grilled veg with a little bit of balsamic action oh, on there. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, coming up here on the, on the holiday weekend, and everyone's going to be grilling, or a lot of people are. And... So what do you what do you really pair? And that's always the um, that's the million dollar question. First of all, you drink what you like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you're if you're a plant based person, I always say go for a go for a Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah, and I would say the ones from California, not New Zealand, and and uh, um, you know because those just to me get a little too acidic and grassy. Although I will say, and you and know, that's a generalization. I know you know, know I'm not a fan of the Sauvignon right. Blanc from New Zealand, but I will say if you are having a fatty salmon fish, mm-hmm. that might not be a bad idea if you don't want to go with a light Pinot Noir type thing. Oh, let me think about but that. But I'm thinking you like just threw a wrench into my day well, with that. But I'm thinking I like about it. the squeezing of the lemon over the fish, mm-hmm, right? If you, mm-hmm. I mean, what about a grapefruit? I mean, 
it tastes like grapefruit juice go. to me. All right. So maybe that'll work. That acidity cutting through some some fatty fishage. Or if you've overdone it with the olive oil on your grilled veg, which mm-hmm. has been known to happen at my house. Yeah, I, mine too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, or if you just don't have good olive oil and you have some other kind of oil, but it mm-hmm. seems like it's a little too heavy or weighing it down too right. much. Or what heaven if, forbid coconut oil. Sorry. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> You're going on an oil rant. So what about Chardonnay at the grill? Where do you think that fits into the table? Because you've got, you know, the buttery oaky and a lot of them. And again, I'm stereotyping um, because we know there's some beautiful Chablis and, and things that are just... Mm-hmm. Uh, Very crispy. Yeah, crispy and, and some more linear ones. But I'm thinking... Well, you know, since we're in the good old USA for this for this uh, podcast today and grilling, um, they are the pioneers mm-hmm. of overusing malolactic fermentation yeah. and oak chips. What about? But I always think uh, Chardonnay goes well with uh, with scallops. Yeah, on the grill. I De- feel like depending it, on what you, or if you're doing like grilled corn on the cob, mm-hmm. or uh, like a grilled chicken situation. What about? Oh, we don't want to grill our crab though. Mm-hmm. Okay, it can crawl off. Yeah. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> He's like, excuse me, that's hot. I have had a big badass Chardonnay with a steak before. Yeah, I've been known to do that. And it cuts right through it. Oh, no, it doesn't cut through. It complements because yeah, of the, can, the butter and the fatness of it. If the... you're wanting some comfort in your mm-hmm. life and you would like to uh, wrap yourself up in a big velvet blanket, mm-hmm. you could do all that. You could yeah. have your fat with your big, fat, flabby <laughs> shard. There's nothing wrong with it. I am not judging I'm not anybody. either. Uh, but one thing you got to make sure to do no matter what while you're out there grilling when it's hot, and it will continue to be hot, I'm sure, even though we're at Labor Day weekend this weekend, and everybody's going to be out there to grill. Let's be mindful of our temperatures, people. Okay, you yeah. can grill your meats, but try to keep your wines from sitting there on the side of the grill just getting hot. Yeah, I want cooked meats, not cooked wines. Yeah, <laughs> because, um, and we've talked about this a lot, but temperature can really impact how a wine is going to taste. Yeah. It just opens it up. You get nothing but the alcohol. And um, I think that, I mean, our experiences this past weekend, we tried our wines for today's podcast a couple of days ago over the weekend. Because we want, really wanted to grill and, and fired that baby up. We did. But we got to also, um, you know, be cognizant of the fact that sometimes we're, we're dealing with some spices, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I fried my tongue, which is kind of sensitive anyway. Mm-hmm. But I used a spicy rub on the ribs and I could barely taste anything in yeah. the wine. Well, you know, it's interesting. We're going to transition here into the meat because that's really what most of us think about, I think, when grilling. And we were sent uh, this really cool grilling packet from Seven Deadly Wines. And they teamed up with Rufus Teague, which is a very a well-known uh, spice blend. And they sent us some spices for, for some of the ribs that we did as well. And uh, the barbecue and then the Seven Deadly Cab and the Seven Deadly Zin. And when I think of barbecuing, like the way we were with the sauces, zen all the way. Oh, I zen all day, every so day. So excited with, uh, to see a this. good barbecue sauce. Mm-hmm. But to be fair, I did not use their rub because I had to put it in before you got to my house. Okay. So I used my own rub that right. I forgot was that darn spicy. So their rub, the Rufus rub, was not that spicy. No, but... man, that tasted when I stuck my finger in there. Yeah, it, it was good. Oh, it had like some um, orange peel or lemon peel or something and it just ha- fragrance, yeah, citrus, citrus a little, a little for sweet. Sure. Yeah, it was it was oh. good. But the sauce. Sauce was out of this world. The sauce was incredible and it helped blanket over some of that spice that I yeah. overdid it with. Sorry. So, so let's talk about why Zens are so good with, with the barbecues. Well, because they kind of match that multi-layered 
fruit bomb thing. Mm-hmm. And it's also Americana, right? right? There's no more American grape than Zinfandel, unless mm-hmm. you're going with the indigenous American grapes, the Vitis Labrusca, which is, you know, different rootstock and everything. But so America kind of claimed Zinfandel a long time ago as its own grape because you don't really find it other places, although mm-hmm. it did come from other places. It just seems to have evolved into the terroir where it's growing, Lodi being kind of the epicenter. Am I right? right. Yes. Yeah. In California, just a little bit north and over in California. Uh, that's really great for Zinfandel. I tell you another place, Russian River Valley, they're making some beautiful oh, yes. Zins. You oh, are my correct. gosh. I just, the Zins from there are just luscious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jackass Vineyard, I think, is what it's called. Yeah. And then you have, have um, Clay Moritzen up in yeah. Fieldsburg and, and Limerick Lane down in Russian River Valley with Jake. Uh, and, man, they just all do some really great, great zins. And this is what happened, the uh, dynamic that happened with my weird tongue with spicy stuff. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't hardly taste anything. All I could really taste was that there was alcohol. <laughs> for some reason, and I was very dismayed. But you were getting a lot of black fruit. You're getting some blackberry. I remember. Yeah. So we 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 started with the seven deadly um, zins, uh, zin the zinfandel, mm-hmm. and I believe what what year was that that we had? Do you have that in front of you? The the current one, what whichever. It was pretty young. Yeah. Was so 19. we needed to open a little bit. That's when we first poured it. It was like okay, I just need to swirl and 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 let it let it get in there and get some air to it. But man, I thought it had um had some good spice to it. It was aromatic. It had um, some of those dark red fruits, but it wasn't overpowering in any of the jamminess. It did have a higher alcohol. You you were sensitive to the alcohol. It I really was. I didn't think it was fifteen. It was around fifteen four fifteen and um. I think you were guessing it was higher. But yeah, because, I mean, what's, I don't know what the code is, but I, I've always been told by winemakers you can kind of fudge by it's like a one or two one, yeah, I think percentage two, points. Two is the most. And then uh, Seven Deadly also makes a cab that, again, was super aromatic. It had has raspberry and even some blueberries in there, a little bit of vanilla, which goes great with... Um, with that, uh, with the barbecue sauce, that vanilla in there, and and uh, man, I just loved them both. I thought they were both expert. They went perfectly. Whoever put those two together with the Rufus Teague barbecue sauce did a great job. Yeah, I have to agree. The sauce really did help uh, put the fire out on the tongue, and so I was able to access these a lot better um, after uh, things calmed down. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to bring in, because, you know, I always have to do something else and, and bring something else in, and I brought in an ancient peaks cab. Because when you think of grilling and steaks and, and, and that type of thing, uh, a lot of people just go right for the cab. Um because why not? I mean, again, a lot of the California ones are big and tannic, and they've got a a little bit of sweetness to them that kind of helps, like if you're using the hickory smoke mm-hmm. or, or some of those things when you're grilling. But what I love about Ancient Peaks, and it's from the Central Coast, Paso Robles, that whole area has a history with ranchers who make wine. You've got Halter Ranch, you've got Hearst Ranch, uh, Ancient Peaks, and and a couple of other ones. So Ancient Peaks, you know, they were they were ranching since the 1700s. They get their own uh, fertilizer. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> and they're in the Santa Margar Santa Margarita Ranch. Say that fast. Margarita Margarita Ranch, AVA. But they are still very big into the ranching. They you know, produce their own beef, and then they make these wines. And I just thought of the tie-in with what we were doing with um, Argentina, mm-hmm. because you have all of that beef that pairs with the wines, and they're growing the wines on property, or growing the grapes, not the wines, they're making the wine, but growing the grapes, and and uh, 
and raising the cattle on the same property. So it's just it's it's a really cool that there are places in the U.S. winemakers that are still embracing that symbiotic relationship, kind yeah. of a situation, yeah. as opposed to buying grapes from here and there and then going into the lab and making something, yeah, like a Franken wine. Um, oh, but that ancient peaks was so good. And they also oh, have yeah. a blend, a red blend that I that I tried, and uh, I think it was Renegade. Man, it was so good. So if you can get your hands on any of that, the ancient peaks for your grilling this weekend, uh, the seven deadly wines we tried them. Though, and and again, those are two that are easy to find. The seven deadly, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can find. So I I remember seven deadly sins when it came out in like ninety. When was that? Ninety seven, ninety eight. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember that was when I was just first starting to like wine. I'm like, this is the most clever label I ever saw in my life. It is. It's it, changed. It's but always it's... nice to revisit these that, you know, I haven't had them in a while. Yeah. And it's like, all right, are they still good? Or are they, have they changed? Uh, are they affordable? Can I, is this something that when I'm in the grocery store buying my meat for this weekend to barbecue, can I pick these wines up and, and be safe? Yes. But I'm going to say, if you can get a hold of this roof, it's Teague uh, barbecue sauce. Mm-hmm. I would highly recommend and suggest it. And that's saying a lot from a person from Kansas City who has some serious prejudices when it comes to sauce. But this is kind of a Kansas City person's style sauce. So what's the difference then with the Kansas City in comparison to other barbecues? Because I know that's that's like a fighting thing, right? Kansas City versus Memphis. Versus, you know, some Virginia, these, yeah, like the. Um, you do? Is it a dry rub where you guys? Where, well, we'll do a dry rub and a smoke, and then sauce mm-hmm. at the end and let it caramelize. Mm. That's usually the way it happens um, for Kansas Cityans, and the, but it's just a different. It's usually a tomato base. It's got a little sweetness to it. So it's not the vinegar, like no. some of them. Okay. Nee. Yeah. No, I spit on vinegar. I put it on my salad, not on my meat. What <laughs> well, is wrong you know what? with you? You could use that kind of barbecue sauce to toss yeah. your grilled veggies in, maybe. You could have like a hot salad. <laughs> I'm so offending everybody that loves vinegar sauce. Ooh. I apologize. Then there's mustard-based ones, too. Yeah. It's okay. You like what you like. And, and you know, barbecue sauce is very particular and, and, and rubs kind of like wine. Just you like know? wine. Just it's- like wine. You you like certain combinations, and and there's no rhyme or reason, and there's no right or wrong, which I love about food and wine. There's really not a white a white and a wong. You know, I'm thinking you were talking about Chardonnay earlier. Yeah. Chardonnay may do really well with a mustard sauce. Oh, okay. Because if you think about mustard, and you think about um, Dijon mustard, mm-hmm. Dijon being part of Burgundy, which is the Chardonnay world, mm-hmm. so a nice acidic uh, Chardonnay might work well. I don't know. I'm just kind of going all the way back to France, which is weird for barbecue, but <laughs> bringing like a mustard kind of based sauce and, and then onto like maybe a chicken or something like that and having a shard with it, that well, might work. I don't think it's weird because you we think of things that are grown just like the cattle in the, in the mm-hmm. Malbec or the cattle in the cab or whatever, where things are grown together or made together and like you you just did a perfect example of, of Dijon and, and Chardonnay I think that would would be great that might not be bad hmm. I'm gonna try it do I we have to I barbecue might. again this weekend and, and we haven't really talked about Pinot Noir so I think we need to do that with some um, salmon salmon, and so then nice. and then let's throw a Chardonnay in there and try that with it and see if your theory works I think we should totally do that because you know that summer is never ending down here in Florida <laughs> yeah, it's and not. it's really not coming to a close for much of anybody thank you to global warming but I will suggest um, these are the seven deadly Zins Zinfandel a solid buy mm-hmm. you know um, make sure you don't let it get too hot because with a higher alcohol content, that's all you're going to taste. If it's anything warmer than 20, at least just pop it in the refrigerator for 20 minutes, set your timer, and then pull that dude out and it's ready to go for your barbecue. But keep it inside. 
don't set it on the little table next to your grill and let's let it get all cooked and be like, oh, this doesn't taste like it yeah. should. Unless you have an ice bucket out there that yeah, you ice can throw it in. Are good. Ice yeah. buckets are nice. Or at least have you gotten the um, the stainless steel like little wine sippy cups kind of? Oh, yeah. I've got some in your office right now. Those are good. Yeah. I love those. <laughs> Uh, just in case we were going to take a little roadie for later, I I brought some. So if you're doing a naked grill, too, let's suggest the cab for if you have like a uh, ribeye happening for people. Right. Um, or anything with some fat in it, a cab with more tannins and stuff, always a good call when you have more fat because the tannins help cut through some of that. Right. And and I, you, you said that much better than I did because I was talking about the, the ancient peaks. But, you know, that, that beef, you just put a little salt and pepper on there. Mm-hmm. If you got if you have good quality meat and then you just have a glass of that cab and you're you're set. Really. And this is part of that whole pairing thing. Like, do you want to be matchy matchy or do you want things to complement each other in a opposites kind of way? Mm-hmm. So like with Zinfandel, if you're doing a sweet kind of a Kansas City tomato based sauce, then uh, they're not all sweet, though. Some mm-hmm. of them are kind of spicy. But um, if you do something like that, a Zinfandel makes sense because you have all those big fruit flavors mm-hmm. that can kind of, you know, play ring around the rosy on your palate. Right. With the same kind of uh, flavor profile. So as far as opposites, I think an opposite of a Kansas City barbecue in the wine world, I can't even imagine anything more gross. And I would not suggest it if you did like a New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc next oh, to that. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> can't do it. It hurts me to think no, about it. No, I would do a rosé. Maybe, yeah. Rosé all opposite. day. Yeah. And if you really want to keep it super cold because you actually live yeah. at the core of the earth, which we do. <laughs> so, Well, we wanted to wrap up our series on grilling in the in the USA and in and, and time for Labor Day weekend. And I uh, hope everybody has a very happy and safe grilling and take some time to be with your friends and family and Tell them you love them and eat some good food and drink some good wine and, you know, just maybe unplug for a little bit, too. Turn yeah. off the TV. Yeah. And but listen to Great Minds. And get the screen away from yourself. Yeah. Listen to it. Put this phone in your pocket. Put in your earbuds and or your headphones or whatever mm-hmm. um, you're into. Then just uh, listen to us. Keep the screen away from your face. Yeah. <laughs> get away from the news for a little bit. It is just, it's, a, it's terrible out there. Yeah. I don't even want to do it. I don't want to look at it. <laughs> Well, it's a good thing that, um, again, we have this long weekend. Hopefully, most of us do. have To, to regroup and relax. Yes, there you go, baby. Mm-hmm. And uh, be cognizant, if you're going to a barbecue, about the alcohol content in your wine. I know we kind of look sometimes at wine as the thing that's not like vodka and tonic. But be aware that sometimes they can creep up on you. So don't overdo. Be safe. Don't drive. And have fun this weekend. Cheers! Woo! Great Minds is produced at WGCU Studios on FGCU campus in Fort Myers, Florida. Our producer for online media is Tara Calligan. Great Minds theme music is from the band Victor and Penny. The song is You'd Be So Nice to Come Home To by Cole Porter. To get in touch with us, check out greatminds.org. For Julie Glenn, I'm Gina Birch. Thanks for listening. Under stars, chilled by the winter Under an August moon burning above